All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Self Carved. Your host, Ivana Ritchie, is tuning in with a guest today, the beautiful, the wonderful, the amazing Carla Luster. She is a psychic and a visibility coach, and I'm ready for this conversation, and we haven't even started. Welcome, Carla. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for the warm welcome. I'm pretty excited to be here as well. So for those who are listening and don't know much about what I just said, what does it mean to be a psychic and what do you do as a visibility coach? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So what does it mean to be a psychic? And I just talked about this yesterday because I relaunched my group, The Psychic Zone. It, psychic just means that you're able to access an additional layer of sensors, senses, right? So it's another sensory um, tool that you have as a psychic that's above and beyond what we consider normal, right? So typically when we talk about someone being a psychic, you might think, oh, this person can see auras, which is what the term psychic used to just specifically mean, just that you can see auras. But the truth is, is there's a lot of different ways that you might be psychic and you might not know it. You probably just assume that everybody has this sense right so typically if you're psychic most people think of like i said you can see auras but there's also clairvoyant which means that you have the ability to see things others typically can't see and or it means that you're clear audient which means you can hear things that others can't hear uh, also means that you might be clear sentient which means you can sense and feel things that maybe others can't typically feel or it also might mean that you're clear cognizant, that you just know, that you just know, that you just know that that person is, eh, I don't know, something's not right with that person. I can just tell. So there's a lot of different ways that you might be psychic and you just assume, right? Because nobody else can experience being you except for you. You might just assume that everybody has this sense that you have. You might think it's normal. Wow. That's powerful already. I'm like, I have so many questions already, but what, what I want to start off with is asking you, so what is yours? And can you tell us maybe like, talk to us a little bit about your life story compact or what was one life experience that happened that made you realize that you have this ability? Like, this is what we want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people ask me that question, especially too, about my visibility coaching. But when uh, people ask me that question, I typically tell them that when I'm doing a psychic reading or when I am just sensing something, I don't always know like, oh, this is clairvoyance or, oh, this is clear audience. I just typically will tune into whatever is coming up in the moment, right? We all have those instances where we just know something, right? Or we hear something and then maybe we take action on it. Um, the very basic sense of psychic skills and abilities comes back to our intuition. And intuition is typically in, in our senses of feelings. So a lot of times when I just feel something. For me, I knew that I was psychic after I had a series of experiences um, and just seeing something that happened with my sister years ago. So my sister um, had an experience. It's been a long time now. I just actually made a post about this a little while ago on my Instagram, but it's been almost 14 years that my sister had a psychotic episode, right? And at the time she was saying a lot of strange things. And some people are very uncomfortable when we start talking about um, mental health. And so I will 
almost preface this too. If you have a lot of triggers around, you know, mental illness, or if you have a lot of triggers around people who hear things or see certain things, you know, what I'm about to say might be very triggering for you. And so it might not, this might not be the best um, time to continue listening to this. You probably could fast forward a little bit or something, or just kind of tune out. But um, I realized that what she was experiencing at the time was something that no one else could either confirm or deny. And it was this really weird experience because I didn't know what was true anymore, but I did know that what she was experiencing was very real for her. And um, I started to have this really wobbly sense of reality and that I started to realize too that what we consider mentally well or mentally ill is something that is always changing. Um, and it's also something that, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, was something that was completely different and how it was handled was just something completely different. I started to have this feeling that nobody actually really knows. Um, and actually I started to also realize that some of the stuff that she was saying was true, was actually real and, um, and some of what she was experiencing was you know, a psychic experience, but it was hard to call it that because she was kind of out of sorts, right? Um, but yeah, so after that, I started to really journey into my own spiritual path. And um, it led me down the path of having an awakening around my own experience and realizing that, um, you know, we're all having this extrasensory um, journey, right? Where we're kind of hearing things, um, in my awakening experience, I heard several things, right? Um, and I, at first I was really scared because it made me feel, uh, again, like a very wobbly sense of reality. Like, oh, you know, what is really going on or what's life really about kind of having this quote unquote true awakening experience where you're starting to really question, you know, who you are, what's going on, um, what's true about life, what is actually just made up um, and what might change in 50 years or what was true 50 years ago is definitely not true anymore, right? So you're kind of having a very wobbly um, sense of reality. Um, and at that time, I started to realize that, you know, the only way I was going to feel certain about anything was through my own experience. And um, to, it's so funny because my eyes itching, right? So I, <laughs> I have all these realizations too that I had about my sister's experience. Um, with her eyes. So both of us are clairvoyant. She definitely has just this extra layer of sensory, um, just, she has an extra layer of, of being able to tap into other spirits, guides, angels. And, um, and so even some of our conversations just give me goosebumps. But I will say, if you have a loved one that has you know, maybe has had a psychotic episode or suffers with depression or anxiety or, you know, bipolar, um, schizophrenia, any of these disorders, I think it's definitely worth looking into a little bit more because it ends up being an opportunity to learn a little bit more about our own comfort level with the word sanity, and what that really means. Wow, that's powerful. There's so much to unpack again. But what I would like to know, and I'm sure uh, the person listening would love to know too, was that a one-time episode that happened and then like basically like her personality, identity and everything shifted and like, how did everybody adjust around that? Or did that like continue to happen? 
Yeah, it, it's continued to happen and she still has some experiences now, but she's able to process them and talk about them a lot more clearly. And also for herself, I noticed what's really interesting is she's able to understand them a lot better and start to reduce some of her own stigma around hearing things, seeing things. Um, one of the things I realized with um, you know, have her having those episodes and having almost a traumatic experience every time she had another episode, which they were frequent, probably sometimes they were like every year, every other year over the course of what, 14 years. So we had a lot of time where we were in the hospital worried about her. I'm not sure where she was. Um, she's kind of been through a lot, right? But for the most part, it really changed how I saw, you know, um, mental stability. And it changed how I start. I saw some of what we call mental illness because I saw that there was a lot of stigma around it, which really keeps us from learning more about what's really going on, which is what I was very curious about from the start. So um, I think that um, with every experience that she had, it just kind of brought a little more clarity. And with every experience she had, it started to bring a little more questions for me as well. You know, like what is mental wellness? What is wholeness? What um, is something that we can actually really know is true and certain in our own experience. Wow, that's powerful. So what would you say about how Carla viewed herself before this happened? And then after okay. how you utilized what you realized through her experiences and how you integrated that into your level of like self-love and your transformation and even <laughs> into your business. I know that was a lot, but kind of looking at the timeline, yeah. curious. Yeah, I'm sorry, I missed that last part of your question and then you um, kind of reworded uh, it. So yeah, sorry about that. When it comes to, so my sister, she was definitely not the same and she's really not the same person now. She was even maybe two years ago. There was a really long time where it seemed like she was really distant and, um, and, not, and almost like, it's gonna sound weird, but it's almost like she wasn't really there in her body, you know? Um, and it just seemed like she, her presence was just, you know, just all over the place or she was very entwined with, you know, um, what she was seeing and hearing and not really available for other people. So that really did impact our family a lot. And um, I think in many ways, we're probably still processing it, right? Because she is completely different, um, but it's probably easier now than it was say like four, 13 or 14 years ago when it was new. There are a lot of things that I know now, I wish I had known then um, because I would have probably handled things differently but I will also say that how I see myself, um, yeah, changed a lot. And I know how she sees herself changed a lot, but um, I don't know that her, the way she saw herself before was the healthiest, I will say that too. And um, I think she's to some extent still struggles with the label um, of mentally ill. I always say, if you wanna discredit someone, it's something too that came, became really glaringly obvious. If you wanna discredit someone or make them feel like their opinion or even their presence is not valid, you can call them crazy, right? Call them crazy or call them, you know, um, mentally ill or say that they have, they don't have any bearings in their own mind or thinking. And this completely rips away their um, sense of just um, identity at all, or it strips away their um, sense of feeling like they have a valid opinion or a valid perception. So I try to steer clear of using that word a lot. That's why you hear me say it with quotes and stuff, because for me, the verdict is still out, right? Um, so I still see her as someone who is just very wise, very brave, um, who has made it through a lot of 
really difficult experiences. She's been through a lot, right? Um, and then how I see myself is also completely different. I um, am able to step back and see that uh, many times that I am operating kind of from like this um, identity more so, right? And so I try to put some space around that. I think anyone who can kind of just put a little bit of space around how we see ourselves can be a really um, beneficial, um, a really beneficial perspective to have that sometimes you can see if you are, you know, maybe have this identity or even this persona or even this concept of self that's, that's just um, to some extent kind of made up or, you know, maybe not necessarily 100% representation of who you are. I think it can be really helpful um, to step back and see that. So, yeah. I mean, even though it was a really, you know, kind of just ups, lots of ups and downs and a very, you know, um, uncomfortable many times, um, awful many times, very you know, painful and scary and all of those things, I won't sugarcoat it at all. Sometimes it was very horrible and I felt like I was just like a very unlucky person or that my sister was this very unlucky person. Um, I will say that I've learned so much from the experience that it's hard for me to, to wish it to be any way other than what it is. Yes, thank you for sharing that. I, I think it's so great. And I especially love the part that you talked about labels. I'm huge on that. Uh, just in general, we do it all the time, but especially when someone seems a little bit extraordinary or that they, uh, someone else views as that's not extraordinary, that's something completely wrong or that's different. So I'm always big on labels and it's part of like what I teach about self-talk, not labeling ourselves and not labeling others. My husband growing up, some of the audience know, some, some, some people listening, but he was in special ed and he was placed in special ed because of his behavior, but he didn't know that. And, you know, he was taught that he was this and that, and he was told that he would never amount to anything. So the, the entire label became, you know, I'm dumb and I'm stupid. And it became what he was living until he woke up from like the illusion of like, I am not this label. This is, this is insane that, this label has been placed on me. And I can see how like that is huge, especially if you have a different type of experience than not everybody has. And then on top of already feeling like you're judged or you're labeled or you're this or you're that, whether that's by, you know, by yourself, uh, is coming from yourself or another human being, I can definitely see that being huge. So I, I love that you're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, identity is really huge. So what would you say, like, what would you say, why are you doing what you're doing today? Why visibility? Like why talking to psychics and healers? Like what is your purpose with what you're doing today? Yeah, um, so that's a, that's a good question. And so what I do is I, first and foremost, I love doing psychic readings. I love helping people discover their purpose. I love people to stand tall in their purpose um, or help people do that. And I have connected with and helped a lot of people to do that. And the other thing that goes with that is it's really hard to, to stand up and stand tall and do what it is that you really believe in and do what it is that, you know, tugs at your heartstrings, especially when it's something that can be seen as taboo or seen as something that, you know, is demonic, or maybe some people might think that it's, um, you know, just anti, you know, or I don't know, I've heard all kinds of things like it's the anti-religious or 
you know, that is just uh, wrong or it's witchcraft. I've heard all kinds of crazy things when it comes to, you know, tapping into intuition and tapping into um, our psychic abilities and actually even standing up and, um, and being a representation for something that is, you know, quite magical in my experience. So my main purpose in that, and my main purpose in be helping people with visibility was that I struggled so much with being seen, um, especially being seen wanting more, right? So creating a YouTube channel um, and Ivana knows that I started a fitness brand and I still am very active in my fitness brand, um, but it was really hard for me to put myself out there when I first started that fitness brand. It was really hard for me to show up on camera and be seen. I had all of these ideas, right, about my identity, about you know, um, what people would think of me. So it was a huge struggle. Um, and I kind of grew up with that my whole life, especially being a twin. I was always really self-conscious um, because I was the chunkier, the chunkier twin. I was always afraid that somebody would notice that, that. <laughs> and call it out, right? So as soon as people or someone looked like they were going to compare us, I just would shrink and wish I could disappear. So it started really early with me um, in so many ways it came out. At, there's more than just that. There's so many ways I can't even probably remember right now, but I start to realize that even being seen fully you, showing up and doing what you're passionate about is a huge struggle, right? Mainly because we, we oftentimes, um, I speak for myself and I speak for so many clients that I've had we have this need to stay small in order to fit in, in order to stay acceptable, in order to not ruffle any feathers. And sometimes we put this just unspoken need to fit in and need to feel accepted. We put it above our soul purpose. We put it above our intuition. We put it above our nudges and even doing what is most important to us. And I just see that happening and I've seen it happen with myself. I see it happen with clients. And I want to change that narrative. I want to be an example of someone who is able to have those fears, right? Or even have tackled so many fears in the past or have those, you know, those instances where I could just say, nah, you know, I'm going to just play small and be the person who is able to go above and beyond, who's able to show up and do what's most important. Right. So talk about the topics that maybe some people don't want to talk about. And I think sometimes, you know, and I said this on my stories earlier, sometimes it can be fun to ruffle a few feathers. Right. I mean, that's really what yeah. life is. It's like, you know, you just have this one life. We have these passions and when we can choose our passions, it's something that is so magical about that, that it's worth ruffling feathers. It's worth having people that don't like you. It's totally worth it. And I don't know that I, I don't feel like I always knew that. I think I knew that in my mind, but I didn't know the feeling in my body. So living that is really important to me. I love that. And it makes me um, think if like the fitness part is there to kind of like have one of that expressions because you said you didn't really feel seen, right? Being a twin yeah. so you get to express that you get to take full control of your body. And then you have like the psychic part and then helping other women also free themselves, release themselves. And I think that's why we connect so well to like Carla and I, we've talked, talked about self-talk, imposter syndrome, and all these things. And I think at the core, like what we do is so similar. It's like all about empowering women to be them, right? And for you, it's like, 
show up, be on camera, express yourself, like tap into who you truly are. And on my end, it's like, uncover, like, what are your patterns? What's holding you back? Like, why are you dimming your lights? And then it's like this whole thing of helping people awaken. And we've talked about that so much because we're living underneath a false persona and we're trying to fit into this identity. So I think it's so amazing what you do. And I think, again, it's like we've struggled and we've suffered so much and we don't want that for other people because we know now like what freedom feels like. And it's like more people need it. More people have to have it. <laughs> yeah, especially women. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were mentioning um, when when you realize that you have one of these psychic abilities, you tend to, or many women tend to think, well, everybody else probably has this too. How does one know if she has psychic abilities? Like, how do I know that? And are there some women who don't have any at all? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question, Ivana. I think that some people do just know, right? And some people are born and they're just like, you know, they're seeing auras and they are hearing things and they're tapping into angels and they are, you know, speaking to their ancestors. So some people definitely, you know, have these type of abilities um, that are just right there at the forefront. And I think something to keep in mind is that, you know, we can see this. Anybody who just pays attention a little bit, you can see that with each generation of humans, we get a little more connected, we get a little more free, we're a little more expressive, we're a little more um, tapped in and quicker to catch on, right? And that's evolution in the works. So, um, you know, let's say, you know, when you guys have, you know, the next generation of Ivana, <laughs> and you know your husband and you know they're going to be even more tapped in plugged in they're going to be even faster um and and so that's just how it works right so a lot of times we have those people who are who are light years ahead and and here they are right here right now and you're like whoa you know um and I realized too that you know a lot of people that have the label of mental illness I think they they're just kind of light years ahead right imagine you know um you know imagine someone who like you know Steve Jobs right? Say if a Steve Jobs version, you know, was born like a hundred years ago, he probably would be considered crazy, right? He'd have all these big ideas. He'd want to go, go, go. And everyone else is like, wait a minute, you know, we got to, you know, um, survive. What are you doing? What are you talking about? So when we start to think about psychic abilities, a lot of times they get buried. A lot of times they're just not very practical. So it's quite likely that they're in, hidden away or they are just repressed and in your shadow. Uh, I do believe that everyone has psychic abilities. We are all from the same place. We're all tapped in to source. We came from source. We're all the byproduct of infinite intelligence that is constantly evolving in your, individu in your individual consciousness. And then also just you know future humans, right? Just continuously evolving and building upon what we've already um, kind of healed, what we've already, um, just learned, right, and evolved. It's, it's constantly building on that. So, you know, it's quite likely that, you know, generations down the line, it'll be more and more normal for, you know, a child to be born in the world and not be um, demonized and, you know, taught that it's, no, you, if you have these ideas or you're seeing these things or you're hearing these things, they're not gonna be uh, maybe as, uh, conditioned to suppress those gifts. So they'd be more likely to be able to express those gifts 
And I always say the future is psychic. I say every opportunity I have, because yes. if you think about it, if, if anyone could see us, you know, anyone from a hundred years ago could see where we are today, or maybe 200 years ago, they would already say it, right? They would say, geez, this is unbelievable. This is psychic now what we're doing, right? We're able to communicate, you know, with our device, um, our language has evolved. Um, our ability to connect and understand other people has drastically evolved. And, you know, um, there's so much that we take for granted because we're always in the experience of it. But if we were able to remove ourselves and kind of just rewind, it would be so obvious that, um, that this is what we're experiencing is the highest level of evolution that's ever been, right? So we're already experiencing um, this next wave. So many people at this time can tap into their psychic abilities and be able to clear some of those blocks that that they've that they've learned during their lifetime to suppress their intuition, to suppress hearing things, or suppress their knowing, and they can get back in touch with those abilities, strengthen them, use them for good, right? Because there is ability you can use them for bad, but you also can use them for good, okay? And in a lot of ways, the future depends on us tapping into what we have right now. What we have access to right now is what creates the future, right? Is what creates the next wave of evolution. Sounds kind of like high-minded, but it also can be really basic. If you just think about how quickly things evolve, like with our phones, with our, you know, technology, with our plumbing, with, you know, even just the, the way the internet has evolved over the last like 10 years, you can see that things are going faster and faster. And that's something that's happening with technology, but it's also something that first had to have it would happen within the human, right? Technology is only possible because humans created it. And so that evolution first had to happen within the universal mind. Absolutely. Deep, profound. I loved it. I love, love how you, how you broke it down. It also brings me back to a memory, to, to a memory when I was also around someone who was labeled uh, schizophrenic and mentally ill and all these things. And it was one of the coolest experiences in my life because I was already on the path of truly tapping into who I was back then, but it, I didn't know as much as I know today. So some things that were said, I was like, huh, what is this? Like, never heard of this thing before. It sounds like out of place, like from a different planet. It doesn't make any sense. I don't necessarily know that I called it crazy, but in my mind, I'm trying to put these pieces together because a lot of it makes sense. But then the cool thing is, as I continued my spiritual journey, I was like, oh, this is what the person was talking about. And this is what this person talks about. They just didn't know how to kind of put it together in a way that it's like socially acceptable. And I think that kind of goes into maybe that's a like the final question or something I can ask you, like, what do you think the people are the most afraid of? Because everything you've been talking about, the evolution and even now they've found that electricity existed even before we know that you know the human race started so we're starting to see that more and more things are like actually cyclic so i'm thinking like okay it's crazy how much it seems like we're just forgetting and then the cycle goes around then we remember and then like you say we pass it <laughs> down to new generations and now we get like more awakened more tapped in like more enlightened and then we forget again and then like, the cycle mm. continues kind of like yeah. i see it uh, based on what you're talking about and everything i've been thinking about is kind of like 
we're waking, 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 waking up, and then we fall asleep. And it's like this endless cycle of, but just really remembering who we are is such a, such an important thing. But it, what you said, woke up a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. So many plot twists, right? <laughs> yeah. So what do you, what do you think? I'm really curious. Like wh why, why do you think that people are so like in their shell? Like what, wh what is a person really afraid of? What is the biggest fear? Yeah. It's so interesting because I almost feel like you're asking these questions, but you know the answer because Ivana and I always I know the answer so to the question. We've, so, we've talked so much about this. Yeah. 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 So the ego is always being protected. The ego is always being protected. And we have this like built in just mechanism that is constantly trying to protect the ego because without the ego, um, not only is our survival in question, but this reality can't continue. So if we don't have an ego in place, a collective ego, and then also the individual ego. So we're always, whether we know it or not, we're protecting this persona, we're protecting this creation, right? We have created um, a reality, but it doesn't seem that way because we're so locked into it. We've created race, we've created gender, we've created you know, names for things. We've created lines that are in, in the sand that are states and countries. And, you know, we've created languages and we've created so much on top of what actually is that we are in a constant battle to maintain it, right? And so long as we are maintaining it, then anybody who questions it or does, or is a representation of something that questions it is seen as bad, a witch or, you know, um, demonic, someone who is, that is an enemy because we have to constantly maintain it um, because it is very wobbly. And that is what I realized when my sister was having the psychotic episode. I started to realize how frail it was and I lost my sense of reality in a way. And it was very wobbly and it is very scary because uh, when you deeply question what's going on, it's hard to at the same time maintain it. It's this, it's almost an inner fight, right? And so um, I think in a lot of ways, I was also afraid. I was afraid that something might happen to me if I couldn't maintain, you know, that what was real and what was not real. Um, and so when we're facing those kind of questions, I think that's why people are afraid of psychedelics. People are afraid of spirituality. People are afraid of witches. People are afraid of psychics. People are afraid of anyone who, um, who questions what it is that we hold so dear because it's so fragile. It's so fragile. If you have any sort of awakening, you start to see how fragile it is. And um, it can be very scary. <laughs> wow, yes. And it kind of goes to, even if you were to see the evidence, like if you're so firm on something, we lost connection. Hang on. Oh, no. so funny. I, I How do I go back? May uh, we are coming back in a second. Sorry, hang on a second. <gasps> okay, We're good. Back. Everything is working out. Great. So I got a phone call and it pops up on my iPad. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. But okay, this could go really, really deep. It's time to almost wrap this up. But to okay. pick out what you were talking about. So you're basically saying like us 
as coming from source as these like spiritual beings with the ego we create this collective um, reality in a sense we have this collective mind and we're creating things but we get so lost in the process that we don't even realize that we've done all this so in that process we start blaming each other like oh the world sucks because of this or because of that person because they have different beliefs not knowing that we're like all collectively creators of what we have kind of created and then it gets like into and i think that's what's so it makes sense why we compete against other people and ourselves because that's what we're doing in this world that we have built right my thing is better than your thing right and not only with religion but even with politics if you don't believe what i believe then you're stupid and you're dumb and there's something wrong with you or even like now with the with the c world c word and everything that's been happening with that too if you wear this you're stupid if you don't wear it if you don't get it like it's like never ending and we don't even realize <laughs> we put ourselves like into a prison. Mm -hmm. And I even heard about, and you can look into this yourself, about these robots that we're building, right? And they, I mean, they're like more advanced than us, but we're creating too many and they're developing like somewhat like of this, like intelligence where they're saying things like, you know, I'm gonna blow up every human and things like that. And we don't think about what we're doing, right? And then mm -hmm. it's kind of like, what are we doing to ourselves? But this is all reflected in our relationship with ourselves. So I really like that you were going there, that we can go really deep with that. But it brought about all kinds of thoughts, but that, because that's what every conversation with you does. <laughs> yes, it does. It can go really deep, you guys. So, but it's fun too to kind of go deep. I think a lot of times, even, um, I think when you go deep in conversation, if you're open minded enough to do that, um, and you know, it's not too scary for you. It can be really liberating too, right? And just ways that you might not even fully like tap into, but it almost is like this exhale because it's nothing, nothing is, nothing going on here is super serious or just rigid. It's, it's not, it's meant to be um, play. It's meant to be an experience, right? And so like, even if things get really scary, you can remember that, you know, there, there is no beginning and there is no end, right? It's a good way to put it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so two more questions. The first question I have is like, what is your favorite way of connecting with yourself? Like, how do you tap into you and make sure that like now the real Carla is expressed versus like the mm. watered down version? Yeah, I like that question a lot. And um, because it's always good to remember that. And I think it's different for everyone. One of my favorite ways to really connect back to me is journaling. I feel like some days when I don't have time to write, I feel like I know that if I just set aside like five minutes um, that I'll feel reconnected, you know? Um, but there are a lot of things I like to do. There's like a little process, right? I love to journal. Um, I love to exercise. I love to just like move. Whenever I move for me, because I am such a heady person, it just gets me back into my body. And I can remember that this is, this is play and this is, you know, um, form and it's meant to be a light and it's meant to be um, experienced, right? Not just pondered. Cause I think, um, you know, like I, I could be in my head and, you know, philosophizing all day and listening to David Bohm and listening to, you know, um, Alan Watts, right? And, and kind of like that guru and, you know, totally be so sucked into that as a form of like Netflix but when I just allow myself to get into my body, then I can kind of live it. I like to say it's like philosophy 
in the flesh, right? It's like you get to experience it. So one of my favorite things is to journal. I also love to um, move my body. Um, I also like to just tap into some of my favorite quotes, right? So I'll tap into some Rumi quotes, you know, I'll tap into some Alan Watts quotes, you know, I'll tap into some quotes that allow me to remember that, you know, it's not so serious, that it's okay to let go, that it's okay to, you know, kind of play life like a game, because it's so easy for me to forget and kind of just get, you know, really mentally drawn into something. Um, but I also like to, you know, draw some, or I like to just do Oracle cards and pick a few cards, you know, just tap back into the magic. Um, you know, I love to be able to talk without and just allow myself to talk, right? It, I get so much from even this type of, you know, discussion. So me and Ivana talk a lot and, um, and having a discussion with someone open-minded or just someone who allows me to talk without being like, uh, what? <laughs> is um is really good right um and sometimes I'll let my sister do that too because I get I get it we're so similar <laughs> um yeah we're so similar there was a time when I was afraid that what happened to her would happen to me because um because we do have so much in common right um but yeah I feel like yeah, there are a lot of things um, being outside. I just went for a little walk and it feels so good to be outside. I always, when I go outside for a walk, it just feels like I remember that I am everything, you know, yeah. and I'm not <laughs> just this, you know, mind in a body. And I'm just, you know, I'm not that at all. That I just feel so like I belong. I love that. That's one of my favorite things to do too. What I think my follow-up question, which I wanted to ask kind of goes hand in hand and might be the same answer but for a woman who is struggling with her identity wants to find out and tap in to see if she has these psychic abilities or to go beyond you know this is who's been who she has been taught that she is this is what she's been believing but lately she's like I want to go deeper than that and even if she does know she feels like she knows who she is like what is something that you recommend for a woman to tap deeper into who she is and her spirituality yeah, I love that. So, um, you know, there's some really basic ways. And it's so funny because I want to be like, well, she can do a session with me, right? <laughs> well, that definitely is a great way. Yeah. Um, I say this, I'd say, you know, you live once and maybe you're going through a time in your life where you're questioning everything. And that's not such a bad thing. That's not such a bad thing. Um, it almost might be the beginning of an awakening for you or maybe like the middle of an awakening for you. But if you feel that you might have psychic abilities or if you, you know, sometimes feel really drawn into this like magical realm where you're able to just tap right into source and channel infinite intelligence, then I would say that that's what you're meant for, okay? Um, there were so many times I can remember, I was just like, I just want everything to just do with magic, right? And that's the only thing I really, you know, that's the most concrete thing for me. And so many times that was the most concrete thing for me to just see magic all around me. Um, and then so much of life really is that, right? But we just have been taught to see it otherwise. So, you know, your gifts are magic. You are magic. And it's sometimes really hard to see that because we get so many labels that just cover it up like eating your favorite food with a condom on your tongue, literally, right? You can't taste just how sweet <laughs> I like that. life is. You can't taste it. And so in so many ways too, I will say that exercise really helped me to start waking up to 
how much pleasure we can have just from being in our body, right? Just from starting to get out of our head. And it doesn't mean you have to go do a hit class. It just means you have to start just experiencing being in your body and getting out of your head because then you can start to see things for what they really are. Um, and yeah, if you feel you might have psychic abilities, that might be your psychic ability, right? Telling you that there is more. Um, and the truth is, is that there's always more. There's an endless amount of more. So much so that your brain literally can't fathom it. So it has to put limits. So it has to put limits because it cannot grasp infinity. Okay. So there's always so much more. And even if you just can take that away. And the fact that I always remind myself, everything is made up, right? Before you had a name, you were just an idea. <laughs> right. No, I mean to say that you were just this experience. And remember like the menu, I love that Alan, Alan Watts says this too, the menu is not the meal. Your name is not you, right? There's right. so much more to you. If you have, if you get amnesia tomorrow, you forget your name, you forget your past, you forget everything about you, then who are you? Does that mean that you're nobody? Or does that mean that you're this, you're just this experience. There's so much more to who we are than our name and then that are our traits that have been applauded, right? Than our traits that have been repressed. There's so much more to us than our past and our future. But it's so hard to see that when you're just so entrenched in the everyday go, 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 dentist appointment, go, make that money, pay those bills, go to work you get disconnected from really what is going on. And it's unfortunate because some people spend their entire lives there. But if you feel that you might have psychic abilities, if you feel that there may be something more for you to experience, then I encourage you to be so bold, you know, contemplate your death, contemplate things that are going to scare your socks off, because sometimes that's the only thing that's going to push you out of your comfort zone enough to experience something other than what you've always done. Powerful, powerful. Hey, you better be taking notes because I'm in my head. <laughs> well, great, Carla. Those are amazing tips. But if a woman listening right now would like to take action right away and get some guidance from the expert, how can she work with you? Reach out to you, um, make that happen. Yeah, reach out to me. I am on Instagram for the most part at Carla Ruth official. It used to be coach Carla Ruth. So, but I changed it. It's Carla Ruth official. And yeah, you can reach out to me there. You can connect with me on also my business page on Facebook, um, which my website takes you straight to my Instagram anyway, which is www.carlaluster. So, um, any one of those places, you know, psychic coach Carla on Facebook, my website is carlaluster.com. Um, or on Instagram, it's Carla Ruth official. So any of those places, reach out to me. And um, I typically will do a mini reading for free. So even if you just want a mini reading, I like to do those for free just because they're so much fun. So we can do a little mini Oracle card reading and give you just like a little bit of a sample. I do free readings also in my Facebook group. Um, I did the first one yesterday. My Facebook group is bit.ly slash Carla's community. All spelled out. So K-A-R-L-A-S-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y.
Great. So I'll make sure to have all those links ready in uh, the description below. So if you want to take advantage yes. of these amazing things, you can just click on the links. Great. Well, awesome. Carla, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? I would say definitely um, it's that time, right? We are really fortunate to be born into a time where we can express more than we've ever been able to express without being afraid for our lives. And this is something that it's hard to realize, but I hope you can kind of maybe just get a little bit of a inkling of how huge that is. And maybe you'll decide to take advantage of that and, and play a little bigger, play a little bolder, go for it, do something crazy. I love that. I love it. Well, thank you, Carla, for being on the self card podcast. We loved having you and hopefully you'll be back one day. It really, yeah, I'd love presence to. and your wisdom. So thank you so much and uh, have, a, have a great day. Thanks, Ivana. Thank you.